Welcome to Emerge Dynamics. Emerge Dynamics. The podcast for those who manage and invest in middle market private companies across the globe. globe. We're telling the stories of the unsung champions who take enormous risks every day to weave the fabric of our societies. Those who collectively, from the multi-trillion dollar largest market on the planet, we're diving into the dynamics of what makes some of them emerge from their peers and create incredible returns and impact on their communities. This is Emerge Dynamics. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Emerge Dynamics podcast. I'm David Cusimano here with Eric Wingerter. Hey David, good to be here. Absolutely. Eric, it's been a little while. We took a couple of yeah, weeks we, off. Yes, we did. We didn't intend Not, to. Yeah, but, one, it wasn't we were taking weeks off. Yes. We were taking weeks off from the podcast. Let's, right. let's, be, uh, let's be clear on that. Yes. We were incredibly busy in other ways <laughs> yes. that has stopped us, both with projects nearby and also some travel. Yes. And so it's just unfortunately prevented us from recording, but all good things going on for us, but happy to be back to recording. Yes, indeed. And I think it's timely, Eric, that we're recording because here we are recording in late January of 2023. For anyone listening later, we'll be speaking from the end of January 2023 perspective. This episode might actually air first day of February. I'm not sure what the day the calendar is, but a lot has happened in January, right? Since 2022 ended. 2023 is definitely starting off different than 2022 was. Yes. And so, You and I were talking before about it's probably time now to do a series on growing your business through an economic downturn. Right, right. And we'll talk for a minute about what's going on right now in the economy. But I wish we could, you know, I think you and I would both be making a lot more money than we are now if we could predict exactly (laughs) what's going to happen in the economy next month and the month after. Certainly, signs are starting to look not so great, right? And But let's talk about those signs. And then, folks, also, we don't want to get too wrapped up in the signs because even if tomorrow, today, the moment we stop recording this, the economy suddenly becomes amazing for the next couple of years, we know that another downturn will come. Right. And the lessons learned that we'll talk about in this series will apply whenever right. that downturn does hit, right? right? So we're going to stay out of the business of forecasting downturns, but... but yeah. Given that, let's edify a little bit. What are we seeing out there, Eric, in this month? Well, there's there's definitely, and some of this is more specific to certain industries than others, but definitely in certain industries, some slowdown, definite signs of slowdown mm-hmm. uh, in those industries. A lot of layoff activity in certain industries mm-hmm. uh, we're definitely seeing. There's some economic data that comes out on a regular basis that is giving some lead indications. Some of it's mixed, right? Mm-hmm. Some of it's like, okay, well, we're still growing, but maybe we're growing at a slower pace. And so some of it might be a little bit confusing, but definitely some indicators leading us to believe that we're beginning into a recessionary period, not necessarily forecasting how long that's going to be, but but definitely some things that are saying, the economy is modifying, slowing down as a result of a lot of different yeah. issues. I don't think we need to necessarily specifically get into that. But those are some of the, the things that are coming out right now, that there's definitely right. a change afoot. And it was uh, mostly tech companies yeah. announcing yeah. layoffs. Right. Layoffs in the thousands. Right. And like things like 10% of their workforce, 15% of their—these I mean, are large numbers here. And— 
Your very recent one, though, was Dow announcing that they're going to be cutting people in the thousands. Right. Dow, I'm sure there's lots of technology there, but it's not what we think of as a tech company, right? They make physical things. Right. And so this is not only a tech phenomenon going no. on here at this point. No. And so, and I would say, Eric, and the companies that you and I are familiar with as well, right? We, the companies we know, the people we know, they're not usually public companies. They're private companies. Right. They're not on the radar. They don't show up on the Wall Street Journal. But they do operate in various industries and are being impacted differently depending mm-hmm. on what industries that they're playing in. Absolutely. And so the people we're familiar with, the companies we're familiar with, right? I mean, we're seeing real-time first-party data, and there, there's margin compression in January, right? Yeah. Especially in certain industries. Yeah. There's a slowdown. slowdown there's, and, there's people and, missing and sales, sales targets, targets right? right? And so it's definitely getting more difficult in certain places than others right now. And so I think let's... Eric, lead into, and I guess let's also frame this, right before we started recording, we also saw the Q4 GDP data came out, and Q4, there was just growth. There was growth. (laughs) So, at least so far, it seems like, at least in December, up through December, or average of Q4, there was still some GDP growth. It wasn't a lot, but it wasn't a negative number, right? Right. Will that happen again in Q1? We don't know what's going to unfold, but certainly it's looking different in January. So, I think Let's frame our conversation, Eric, now to the private company business owner or manager. You know, what do they do about this, right? So, sure. and, and I think we've said it before. We should say it again, and we should say it again and again in the next few episodes because it's so important, <laughs> is that I think we can have a couple of different approaches here. One approach is to panic, other approaches to, you know, I guess just stick your head stick in the sand, sand and, and yeah. be naive and pretend like, <laughs> you know, go everything's yeah. going to go away and I'm going to do what I've always done, right? Another approach is to, to realize that some of the most amazing companies out there today started in past recessions. Right. Or really flourished. Or flourished. Uh, flourished. Became in, a big name in the Right. Right. And so things change. So let's say we are at the beginning of a downturn here. Maybe it's a little one. Maybe it's a big one. But in every downturn, things change. Right. right, different players and markets. Some players go away. New players are more, because we can view it as an opportunity very often. Right to say, okay, in this different environment that we live in now, what do customers need? Right, what does my community need? What are the needs and wants of my people that I can serve better, and that I can align resources to serve well? So, do I need to pivot? Do I need to see the world a little differently? Have the needs of the customers and the, the community changed because they're now having some economic tightness? Right. 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 If I can use this opportunity to innovate, to reinvent myself, I can not only continue to serve my community and make it stronger through a downturn. I can grow my business. And another thing might be some of your competitors. What are some of your competitors doing? Because just as you uh-huh. said, there's, there's three potential options on how you might react to this. Your competitors are maybe doing the same thing. You know, they, they may be ignoring, they may be panicking, it, you know, maybe a number of things. And not to take advantage, if you will, of them, but take advantage of the fact that their poor management might be an opportunity for you as well to grow by acquisition during this time frame. Absolutely. And, and with the mindset that 
if they're not doing things right and managing their company right, they're probably not serving their customers right. right. And those customers need service. So yeah. it's an opportunity. And that mm-hmm. may be the, the positive way to look at this is right. that ultimately through the lens of that customer, how can we serve our, cus- our existing customers or potentially more customers better and take advantage of the circumstances? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm excited to unpack all that, Eric. We're good. So I think our plan is we'll do a few episodes on this. In the past, when we've planned on two episodes, it turned into four. So we'll see. Uh, there's a <laughs> lot to say here, but looking forward to unpacking that a bit. Something was escaping my mind here. Something else I wanted to say. I guess if it comes back, it'll, I'll, I'll circle <laughs> back to it. I need to have more tea this morning, I guess. Yeah. Well, let's talk, Eric. Maybe I wonder if we can start a high level Before we dive into specific actions, I know especially business owners and managers often say, I don't want to hear any theory. I just want to tell me what I got to do. (laughs) Yeah. But I think we need to set the stage. You got to set set it enough about, all right, what, you know, going a little bit deeper maybe into, all right, what are some of the, some of the realities of today on a more specific basis? Right. Kind of like when we did our web 3.0 series, we had to set the stage first a bit just on money, monetary history and what is money. I think let's do a little bit of that now and talking a little bit about maybe some of the signs out there, industry dynamics in downturns. Right. right. I think we right. that's going to be, I think, some valuable ways to set things right. up. Yeah. And I think it's important, too, is looking at this specific downturn, maybe a little bit, because there's some specifics here. Because I think there's just, I think each downturn is a little different, mm-hmm. right? It's got some nuances, if, if you will. I mean, we're, we've had, nuances because of a super low in interest rate environment for an extended period of time. Now, all of a sudden, a very shortened increase in interest rates, and people are trying to deal with that. And it's reverberating through the economy yeah. in different ways. And, you know, some things are directly impacted negatively, some things positively. So I think maybe a little bit of specifics of this particular downturn might be be helpful. Yeah. But then, that still relates back to, well, in any given downturn, there's going to be some nuances, but in general, this is what's happening during, during right. most downturns. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And like you said, Eric, I mean, that's maybe a place to start is interest rates because yeah. uh, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of the mainstream views view is view that as that's what's causing the downturn, right? If the Federal Reserve would just lower rates back to zero, it would all be okay, <laughs> right? And they're right and they're wrong. I mean, because rates today are still low to moderate by historic standards, right? Depending on how <laughs> far back in history we want to go. Right. If you're going to go back 10 years, it seems like rates are really high. But right. you go back to decades, you know, the 1990s, 80s, 70s, these, right. these are actually decent rates. They're, they're, right. I mean, people in the 80s would have loved to have had rates like they have today, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I think that's certainly one thing I think that's a that's a big factor here. And if we start learning, though, how business cycles work, interest rates, it seems like this is unique to this downturn. But actually, almost every business cycle, the downturns get set off often because of interest rates. I think what's what's unique about this downturn is just the absolutely unprecedented period of time of low interest rates and the money supply that has been poured in over the last decade is absolutely incredibly unprecedented in, yeah, in by our far, times. By far. By far. I mean, yeah. like astronomically. It, it, and so that 
in and of itself is unique to this downturn because people will react to it. And as, as you said, Dave, there's a lot of people who are like looking at six to eight percent interest rate and they're just like, oh my God, do you think the sky's falling? I lived through the 70s and 80s, you know, and, uh, you know, my mortgage was 13, 14, 15 percent. You know, and people say, no way, yeah. you know, you can't. That's impossible. Right? Yeah. Not, now, that was an exceptionally high interest rate environment, but six to eight percent is pretty normalized. Right. Uh, and so, you know, we've, we've got a, a whole generation and a half. I've never that, seen that. that never seen that. And so that they're part of the economy. And so they're. They're grappling with that. They're getting hit, if you will, by something that they've never really experienced before. Right. And so I would say this is one where we've got a lot more of this knee-jerk type of reaction because we, you know, there's a lot of people, consumers and business people who haven't really experienced what's normalized. Absolutely. And I think, Eric, I think this is probably a good place to focus for the next few minutes here because I think it leads us to, okay, what might we see in the economy as a downturn unfolds, or I say the, is this the beginning of it? We don't know yet, but as it unfolds, and, and, and with interest rates, like you said, we can look back to historic downturns. We can see interest rates always playing a role. Yes. But like you said, this is that again, but much bigger, yes. right? It's unprecedented by far. It's not like 10% bigger, it's hundreds of percents bigger. Yes. So what does that say about the next downturn? We don't know yet, but it certainly could I don't, be large. I mean, we've uh, never been. We don't know. Here this is before, unprecedented. So like, right, right. <laughs> but regardless of that, we know what is likely to happen, generally right. speaking, and that may be more emphasized because of the circumstances of the uniqueness of what's coming up. But we know there are some general things that happen. So let's play that interest rate forward and, and get this to some applicable things, some practical things. So really, we have to start with, I don't want to, we could do many episodes on interest rates themselves. I'm, I'm going to see if I can summarize or cliff notes, right? Thinking about what an interest rate is, right? It's really a cost or a price of delaying consumption into the future, right? It's, so someone can say, okay, Eric, is that you want to take borrow this $1,000 from me? I can't consume anything with that $1,000 right now. You're going to give it back to me in a year I am now going to do without that thousand for a year. And so I'm only going to be okay with that if you return the thousand plus something, something else, right. right? So at its base, that's that's what interest rates are. And in the normal workings of a normal free economy, there's a natural rate of interest that the economy, at which the economy will arrive. Right. And depending on society's time preference for consuming now versus consuming in the future, that rate will be at a certain level. Right. And we don't always know what that level is. It might be five. It might be eight. It might be. It just depends on where, what society is, is viewing. If people are saying, you know what, we're okay. We're okay with parting with our money for long periods of time because we, we might see rates go down. If people are saying, really, I'm not okay with parting my money, right. well, rates go up, right. right? Right. And so, and fundamentally, from a consumer's perspective, that cost is built into that decisioning, mm-hmm. right? And so, when we historically been in an extremely low interest rate environment for other reasons that the government has right. been using, then the mindset of that consumer is there's hardly any cost for this. So the consumption now today uh, and my willingness to go borrow for right. that consumption today, cars, whatever it, it may be, houses, bigger houses, all those types of things, when there's 
there's actually little to no cost or perceived cost right. to that from an interest rate environment. Right. There wasn't. People naturally, people have a tendency to go out there and get more and more and more and more and consume more and, and more and, and more. And, and, more. and you're hitting on something really good, Eric, and that is that when we as society start manipulating that natural rate and pushing it down, we get a situation where consumers start saying, oh, wow. like Human nature takes over. My natural time preference is no longer at play here. Also think about the other side, the investors, the businesses, right? Suddenly they get confusing signals because now instead of I'm going to build a factory, it's going to cost me $50 million. I have to factor an 8% rate. So my return on my investment has to be a certain amount. Suddenly it's like, I don't know if I'm going to build this factory. It doesn't make sense. But oh, wait, the interest rate just dropped to 3%. I can rework my model now. Now it makes sense. The problem is that interest rate is not a natural rate reflection of what society wants. So we now get businesses starting to invest in things that society doesn't necessarily want. So at the beginning, these things look like they're very stimulative. They're creating jobs. But there's a mismatch in where capital starts becoming misallocated throughout the economy when we start playing around with interest rates and manipulating them. At the consumer level and at the business. Absolutely. And at some point... Something's going to break, and yep. that's when the downturn starts, right? So I think we've set the stage here pretty well, Eric. So let's let's wrap here, and then our next episode, we can talk about, okay, so based on that, what types of industries go down in a downturn, and what types of industries maybe stay steady or thrive in a downturn? Maybe we can unpack that and then also bring it into as well, how do we better understand measures like CPI, inflation, right? Things like that. That sounds good. All right. So with that, folks, please join us next time. Plenty more to come.